Hey there, friend. Welcome to the Having a Mom Moment podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Warner. This podcast is all about taking a few moments for yourself and reconnecting to the amazing woman behind the title of mom. You have so many plates spinning at any given time between your kids, your partner, your job, maintaining your household, etc., etc. But where does taking time just for you play into that? Let's spend some time together, you and me, right now. We're going to connect, tune in, and tap in to what makes us the incredible woman that we are. We'll nurture ourselves so that we can pour into those who can count on us. We'll also hear from other moms to learn about the ways in which they've tapped into alignment in their own motherhood journeys. Let's roll. We're having a mom moment. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Having a Mom Moment podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Warner. This week's episode is just so yummy. Our guest is Nina Lockwood. Nina is a trained psychotherapist, energy medicine practitioner, life coach, and artist. She helps women who are overwhelmed and overburdened, but knowing there's got to be a better way to get the most out of life. With decades of experience in psychology, energy medicine, and the wisdom traditions, she firmly believes in looking within oneself for the most honest, authentic answers to living life with more ease and joy. This one is just so good. So without further ado, here's Nina. Hi, Nina. Thanks so much for joining us today on this week's episode of the Having a Mom Moment podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what you do? Sure. And thank you for having me on. I'm really excited to see what our conversation will show up as. Me too. <laughs> so I my background is uh, what they probably label a multi-potentialite or a multi-hyphenate. I've done a lot of different things over the years. Uh, but my background primarily started out as an artist, and then I was trained as a psychotherapist. Uh, and in my corporate experience, I was always in a training, mentoring, coaching capacity. Um, when I left the corporate world, I started doing a few things that were a little more unusual. And I had a calligraphy business and a floral design business oh. when I lived in New York City. And I subsequently got interested in energy medicine, which I practiced for about, oh, I don't know, 20 some years, and gradually moved over into the coaching world. And on top of that, I've also studied the wisdom traditions for decades. So all of that has given me a sense of uh, there is so much that wants to come through us, you know, that we're, mm. we're conduits, we're vehicles for this incredible life force that's going to show up in any way that it wants to come out through us. So my, my feeling is that all of us have the resilience and the creativity, we're already built to thrive. And I know we were talking about this as a a subject that everybody wants to be able to do more of. And we mm -hmm. all, I, so I think we all have that innate capacity. It's just that it gets covered over by life and our life experiences. Mm, so much so. Yeah. And I think sometimes we get so far into a rabbit hole of our day-to-day -day and our responsibilities. I think, especially as a mom that a lot of us feel that. Um, and then you almost get to a point of desperation of how do I get out of that? Yes. Um, so you've found some tools and tricks to, uh, you've got a lot of tools. You've got a lot in your background there. Um, yes, I've experimented with a lot of different things. 
and I think the fundamental idea that's come through with all of the various and things, various and sundry things that I've explored is that it all comes down to looking within ourselves because we're already capable, we're already resilient, we're already, we have what it takes, but because of the way we've gone through life and whether it's our family conditioning or society, it it's kind of taken out of us. You know, like that old mm -hmm. story of, of of when kids are asked in first grade who's who can write who can sing everybody's raising their hand you know who can paint and by the time they're in sixth grade there's like two people that raise their hands because it we're told oh no you can't do that but who's telling us that oh my gosh I think it's funny Nina because right before we started recording Nina has all of this beautiful artwork that she's created in her background and I was just admiring it I'm like I'm not I'm not like an artist in that way and she was like maybe I'm like, no, not me. Well, you don't know. How do you know if you don't try? Yeah. Yeah. I really haven't tried since I was a kid, but I did have a middle school art teacher who um, kind of <laughs> steered me in other directions. So. No, that's unfortunate because that's what a lot of art teachers do. If you don't paint by numbers, by their numbers, yeah, they don't see the possibility. Yeah. So prime example of some of the conditioning that happens. Oh. Oh yeah, and once you start to really identify it, you can see it in other areas too. Where you're like, wait a second, right. wait a second. And I think for myself personally, in the beginning, it was like, oh no, like what have I done? <laughs> I've steered myself away from, you know, ultimate potentiality, and now, now here I am. Yeah, yeah, and that can be a very shocking moment. Right? Yeah, when you realize that. I had a similar experience. I was talked out of a career in art because, oh, mm -hmm. I wasn't going to make any money and, you know, you'd be a starving artist and all of the justifications. And, and you know, I could at the time and maybe still a little bit so now I could walk and chew gum at the same time. So I ended up being in a corporate setting for a while until I got fired. I got laid mm -hmm. off, actually technically correct but it was the best and the worst thing that could have happened to me you know because I was totally unprepared but I knew in my heart that wasn't the place for me to thrive so it was kind of a long circuitous route back but if that hadn't happened I don't think I would be as happy and creative and and glad to be alive as I am now I love that. Can we dig into that a little bit? Because it touches closely to what I'm experiencing, um, was also not talked into a career, but steered away from things, um, by a father who loved me dearly, but wanted to protect me, you know? So I went into a more safe route. Um, I was a teacher for a while, left teaching, ended up in a, it was not corporate. It was a very laid back environment, but it was as close to corporate as you could get to corporate without being corporate. And I got laid off in February. I'd been there for a long time and it was a shock and I was very upset, but again, I was not thriving. Mm -hmm. So first, and I think a lot of people are in similar places. I know there's been lots of layoffs. I've had lots of friends get laid off or I have people, you know, in my circle concerned about my job, people I know all around concerned about their jobs. So if you're facing something like this, what are your next steps? What do you suggest? And maybe kind of recalibrating and finding your way you know, it, that is such a wonderful question. And I hope we always ask that of ourselves as we go through life, not just in those moments, mm. where, like we're facing the cliff, but just in general is to really go back to that question of what's really important. Yeah. What absolutely. really lights me up. And 
you know, we're in a society where a number of people think that's a a luxury to ask that question, but it, I think it's really a necessity because that's our compass, right? Yeah. That's, that steers us to where we have that natural inclination to be able to express ourselves in a way that feels authentic. And yeah, this is me. This is what I have to offer. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that that first question of what's really important, what makes me feel like I come alive, you know, who do mm-hmm. I want to be around? What what do I care about? Mm-hmm. I think that's the that's the starting point. And it's not out there, right? It's always in here. It and that being willing to ask that question and sit with it, even though so much of us will say, I don't know what it is. But yes. that's that's not really true. That's just all the you know, the wavy hands. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> It's so true. It's so true. You get so far into it and you're like, what do I even like anymore? I don't even know. And sometimes a good way to begin to explore that is what did you love as a kid? Mm -hmm. What made you happy? Maybe it was being out in nature. Maybe it was playing with animals. Maybe it was, you know, whatever it was, picking flowers in a wild field, you know, what? it doesn't really matter. But when you start to connect to those feelings, I think your our feelings are a really good compass mm-hmm. for what resonates for us. Mm-hmm. Because everybody can tell you something you should do, right? Everybody's got an opinion. Oh, you're really good at blah, blah, blah. You should do this. Mm-hmm. But if we don't have that in that uh, way to connect in and, and check in, does this feel right? We go down a path that wouldn't be our first choice. Mm-hmm. I can say from what I've seen um, in spaces where people are trying to figure out what to do next and next steps, um, you don't have to monetize whatever it is that you enjoy. It can You can do things just for the sake of enjoyment. I think we lose that as well. Like, oh, but I used to like to, I used to like to paint, but I can't do painting for a living. Well, you probably can, but just get back into it. And mm-hmm. when you're tapping back into that creativity, the downloads that you'll get and the insight that you'll gain just from partaking in those activities that you enjoy is really where the magic is and the benefit of, you know, a hobby that you enjoy, but that's, that's the beauty in it. And I'm so glad you, you brought up that idea of monetizing because that is, oh boy, if that isn't a damper Mm. on our following our impulses, you know, oh, how can I make money from this? But that's not the, that's not the real question. You know, the real question is just how does it make you feel? Right? What does it allow to come out of you? How does it allow you to express yourself in a way that nobody else can? So the monetize Mm -hmm. thing, don't you think that's fear-based? Oh, surely, surely. Yeah. And nobody really wants to come from fear. Right. Right? You want to come from love, from possibility. Yeah, absolutely. And we're so stuck in the day-to-day grind that it you you lose that. Yeah. And it is easy to be scared right now with everything the way it is. Um, but it's also a choice to not be scared, <laughs> even if it takes work and it takes courage. I I love that you just said that because it is a choice. And I think, you know, we were talking about um, how do we shift our thinking 
so that we can get more in alignment with what's worth doing for us. Mm. I think that most people don't realize that they don't have to be victims of their thinking. You know, a, a thought comes in, a worried thought comes into my head, like, oh my God, how am I going to deal with this? I can't, I have to, and whatever script is running with that particular thought. But most people can't let go of it. It's like we mm -hmm. think if we listen to it long enough and we replay it long enough that an answer will come, but it doesn't work that way. No. It's it makes so much more sense to say, okay, I can't control what's coming into my head, but I can control where I put my focus. Mm -hmm. And so I can either focus on, oh my God, what's going to happen? It's the end of the world. Or wait a minute, what else is possible? That's one of my favorite mm. questions. What else is possible? Yes. I love that. I'm writing that down. <laughs> <laughs> Because even just pausing for a moment and asking yourself that, well, really anything is possible because I can tell you moments in my life where things have happened that I, I couldn't have dreamed it up, you know, and it doesn't have to be big, momentous, you know, winning the lottery kind of things. You're just like, huh, I never imagined that would play out that way. And it's so much better than I could have planned for myself. Yeah. Well, that's a, another set of breadcrumbs is that when we're open to to whatever it is that is the the force that powers the universe and makes the sky blue and the flowers bloom if, if we are connected to that then we've got extra power in synchronicity and coincidence and and the the universe supporting us in ways that as you said, we couldn't have planned it that way. We don't we don't normally have the vision, but if we're tapped in to something greater, and there's interesting research that the mind is the, the brain is actually wired for this deeper sense of connection to something greater. Mm. It's really interesting. It is really interesting. And I know that can be kind of a hot button issue as well. I think um religion can get a bad rap and people think that that's the only way to connect to something higher. And I disagree. I'm, I'm with you. You know, you can have a transcendent moment out in nature. Yeah. Listening to a piece of music, you know, mm -hmm. immersing your, yourself in just looking at a flower or looking at a landscape, right? It's mm -hmm. like, you're transported into this bigger world. And and isn't that really what spirituality is about? It's about that connection to all of life. Takes mm -hmm. us out of our little, you know, little me box. Mm -hmm. And recognizing, well, if this is possible, then something is possible for me too. Yes. Right? It's so good. And speaking about the synchronicities, when you start to tune in and tap in, it, it almost becomes comical because you're like, of course that popped up. Like, of course I just saw that. And of course I just saw that, you know, and it's getting to the point. Um, I've been on this journey for a while now that my husband is observing and very supportive, but he's like, of course that happened. Like, of course you just saw that. And of course you just saw that. No, look, there's another one of your signs, you know, it's just like, it just, the more you tap in, the more you're going to get notes from the universe or source, whatever you believe in that you are held and you are supported. Mm -hmm. And 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is infinite possibility. And and I think I, I'm with you that it's not about religion because mm-hmm. religion tends to devolve into a set of practices and dogma. But mm-hmm. you know how many of the mystics and many of the Eastern traditions say that it's that's who we are at our core. We're this essential life force, and you know we're the we're the eyes and ears and hands of God, but Mm. it's not like somebody is giving us permission. It's just, we're the conduit, like a flower, like a mountain, like a piece of freshly made bread. We're this expression. And how cool is that? It's so cool. (laughs) It's so cool. And the farther you get into your spirituality practice, the more you're like, oh, it's just so amazing. You know, and you want it for everybody else around you too. It's just, I want everyone to bask in this. It's Mm -hmm. a much happier space to exist within. You Mm. know, I I remember, I've said this in other uh, contexts, but I remember reading a story about Vincent van Gogh talking to his brother in through a letter, of course. Um, and he's in this tiny garret with a cheap paper and a pencil, and he's writing to his brother about his uh, being in the seminary. And then the, all of a sudden, in the middle, he stops, and he sketches out this little drawing of what he sees outside the window. And he, then he returns to his writing, and he says, it's so beautiful, I must show you how it looks. Mm-hmm. And when I read that, I thought, that is so spot on because whenever we find something we love, we want to share it, mm-hmm. right? So if we discover there's a way to have a shift in our thinking or be open to more of life, it's like, you got to share it mm-hmm. because we all know that we everybody's suffering in some way or another, right? They're overwhelmed. Yeah too many things on their plate, people get sick, lose jobs, all of that. So what do we do? What do we tap into? What have we got for resources? Mm -hmm. And I think the more we discover what our resources are, the more we realize we're resilient and we do have the capabilities or we find out how to get what we need. Absolutely. So tell me about the work that you do and how you help women navigate. Sure. I I just want to say before I do that, how much I recently over the past several years have come to see women as this incredible potential force for good in the world. Mm. And I don't know about you, but I grew up, everybody, I think most women have grown up in grade school and junior high and high school with mean girls and competition and seeing women as adversaries and to be wary because they're out to get you, you know, and we've all had experiences where something opposite to that has happened. But, but I've seen really over the last 10, 20 years in particular, how women, once that mask, that facade of, I have to look great, you know, you're a threat to me. There's once there's a space in which people can take that mask off, there is this amazing, amazing quality that women have as caregivers, as lovers, lovers of life, you know, and wanting to 
make life more of a community com collaboration connection yes that and i see how it gets from my own experience and working with other clients how life and having to work a job and or wanting to work a job but having it be predominantly a masculine energy we have to do things in a certain way it's all about doing 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 and not about yeah, being being right yeah that when we start to explore that then this incredible nature of femininity whether you call it divine feminine whatever you call it yeah it's so powerful it's so deep which is why I think we all benefit from community whether it's a mom community a bigger community a community within your community yeah that we all need those reminders from one another you got this yeah got way more than this yeah yeah I have been receiving this message a lot lately so thank you for saying it mm -hmm. um I think a lot of us are put into the workforce by our own choosing or our circumstances whatever and we are trying to climb a ladder and the way to do that is to meet the masculine standard mm -hmm. or try to exceed the masculine standard and mm -hmm. that's not where our gift lies a lot of us can do it no problem because we train ourselves to do it and to conform, but I don't think that's where our magic is. And I think if we collectively could embrace that divine feminine more. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be so transformative, but I'm so glad you brought that up because it just keeps coming up for me. Yeah. And, it, and how could it not, right? We, if you've seen the Barbie movie, yes. we live in the patriarchy and, and that's the, the standard that, you know, over the last 50, 60 years, women are, are climbing up that ladder and realizing it's leaning up against the wrong wall. Yes. And fortunately, there is a growing shift in what they call conscious leadership, where mm -hmm. it's more of a beginning to be more of a balance between left and right brain, between masculine and feminine energy, because the transparency of offering something to the world to make sure everybody benefits from it. Very feminine energy, if you ask me. Yeah. And I think it gives us a wider perspective on what does it mean to be a leader? Mm. What does it mean to be a mother and a leader in your own family? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's interesting too, how you said you, um, had kind of landed in these coaching and mentorship roles. Um, did you find yourself in any leadership roles during your career or was it more of the coaching and mentorship? So when I was in the corporate world, I was in management positions mm. and I got at that point where I got laid off from my job, I realized that there were a lot of other ways to be successful let's yeah. put it that way and that's mm -hmm. when I started doing some rather eclectic things yeah. because I was just trying to expand what I wanted to do and it, I wasn't always determined to be this high-ranking success but I was pursuing more what's really what's going to do it for me what is going to mm -hmm. make it exciting so the when I went into, uh, after I, I left the corporate world and other, all the other 
odd jobs <laughs> that I was <laughs> doing in other roles. Uh, I that's when I began to study energy medicine. Mm. And one of the things that ties into this idea of thriving um, comes from my experience when I was trained as a psychotherapist, which is based on that model of being broken, which mm. I I disagree with completely. And also that with that psychodynamic model that you have to go into the past and relive your traumas. And what I saw was that just people became those old stories instead of letting them go and mm. creating a new story for themselves. Mm. Very self-reinforcing kind of a closed system in many cases, not all, but in many cases, the traditional psychodynamic model. And even when I was in, when I was, studying and practicing energy medicine, it was still based on the idea of something is broken. You know, your energy, uh, your um, chakras are closed or your energy field is constricted or your meridians are blocked, whatever it was, it was still chasing symptoms to get to a place of wholeness. But what if we're already whole, right? Mm. What if we're already whole? And it's just that we've been taught that I, I'm broken because I had this experience. Yes. Right? What's really That's broken? Huge. What is really broken? Your wow. spirit can never be broken. Your ego can certainly be broken and bruised, yeah. right? And you can hit those walls and find yourself flat out and exhausted and on yeah. the floor. But that doesn't mean you have no access to all of the resources and the potential that's still inside you. Yeah. That's there. That's there from the beginning. Yeah. Ooh, Nina, this is good. <laughs> so how can we help people access this? Let's talk a little bit about your, your energy work, the things that you do. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go back a little bit to talking about a mind shift. Yeah, that when we, that this is my been my experience and and also with a lot of the women that I've worked with who do feel that sense of being overwhelmed and overburdened, you know, the, all the responsibilities of work, everything at home, kids, parents, COVID, yeah, politics, climate, everything. Right, it's easy to get so out, outwardly focused. And all of the thoughts that we're getting from the news and from the media and from mm -hmm. movies, it's all telling us, be afraid. You can't yeah. do this, you know, and except for the, you know, the superhero movies, yeah. which are a little hard to relate to. But if we realize that we actually have the capacity to say, no, I'm not going to think this. I'm going to focus on what's possible not mm -hmm. what's scaring me i'm going to i'm going to focus on what is what makes sense and feels authentic and right and and emphasizes possibility instead of impossibility mm -hmm. and that yes it does take a little bit of practice to do that but right what i think we all have is this like a geiger counter that our feelings are. So when we're thinking something that is negative, our feelings tell us, Ugh. you know, like if yeah. I feel like, oh my God, I'll never get through this. I'm going to feel deflated, depressed, you know, discouraged. 
but if I am am realizing that my thinking is in a very low place, I know I can't make any good decisions from that place. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of obvious, but we forget. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. like that self-fulfilling prophecy idea. If yeah. I'm, or if I'm coming from a place of lack, then that's, that's what I'm going to be attracting. That's all I'm going to be seeing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So and I put this that, in realistic terms. Think about when you've had a bad day, you wake up late, your alarm goes off and then maybe you burn yourself on your curling iron and then you spill your coffee <laughs> on your clothes. Right. And then, you know, like it just keeps spiraling yeah. because that's what you're drawing in. Yeah. 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 Yep. That proverbial waking up on the wrong side of the bed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. But to realize that it, that gets to the extreme point, right? When we're burning yeah. ourselves on the curling iron, <laughs> or spilling, or yeah. tripping, or something, you know. But that's our that's our moment of oh, okay, time out. Yep. And most of us say, oh, we don't have time to take a time. Mm-hmm. But three minutes, two yeah. minutes of stopping, putting your hand on your heart, breathing. Oh, okay. That can yeah. turn everything around if mm-hmm. I'm willing to stop. So the I think the first thing is noticing, right? Noticing when we're getting out of control, we're being caught up in our thinking and then realizing, and we notice because of our feelings, our feelings are telling us wrong direction. Yeah. That we take that stop and we reach for that, what else is possible? Mm-hmm. What do I really want right now? Mm-hmm. And I think that can be just transformative. Yeah. If we're willing to experiment and see what happens. Yeah. It sounds so simple, which is why I think a lot of people don't subscribe to it because they're looking for some other yes. more complex fix. Right. But life really is much more simple than we make it. Right. Well, yeah. everybody hears that we overcomplicate things. And this is a perfect example that you've just mentioned. Yeah. We want the strategy. We want the five steps, you know, but what if it's just one step? Yes. <laughs> that yeah. would make it so much better. Right. Well, no one can monetize the one step of putting your hand on your heart and breathing. So <laughs> no, but what they, it's not even a question of monetizing. For me, it's like a question of sharing. What if you tried this? Right. And somebody likes it. And then you say to someone else, what do you think of this? And they like it. You know, (laughs) the hundred monkeys theory. (laughs) Right. It's interesting. You say that I had a conversation on an earlier episode with a friend of mine who had gotten off anti-anxiety meds um, through a lot of hard work, but instead of sharing things like this, and I shared this with her in the episode, you know, I had times before I was laid off where I was just overwhelmed and I was talking to some girlfriends and I'm like, this is just really hard right now. Like everything feels so hard. And they're both of them were like, have you tried an anti-anxiety med? You should talk to your doctor about getting on something. And I'm not knocking them, <laughs> but I'm like, that's what we're sharing. You know, like here's how you can put a bandaid on the situation instead of getting back to the root. And right. And sometimes you need that, right? Of course, of course. Sometimes you need that kind of artificial intervention, so to speak. But then when you feel stronger and you put aside that technique, that process, 
then you have the wherewithal to start looking, okay, what's really true? What's really, mm-hmm. what do I already have within me? Even if I don't quite believe it yet, what do I want to know is in there? Yeah. No. Yeah. And I think that that's, once we can take that stop to recognize when our thoughts are, are getting in our way, I can't do this. There's not enough time. Have you ever had the, the, the experience of time expanding? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So time is not written in stone. I mean, it is on the clock. Right. But in terms of our ability to navigate clock time, mm-hmm. the more present we are, the, the more it can slow down and we feel really here. And when we're really here, that's when those ideas come. I'm sure you've had that experience. Absolutely, I have. Yeah. And I'm sure that people who are listening have had that experience, but we forget, Mm -hmm. you know, this idea of not enough time, not enough of fill in the blank is is a real, it's a tricky one because we're so triggered by it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of us living in our lack, it's very easy to go back to that lack of resources, lack of time, lack of energy, lack of whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I think it, for me, I I once heard this wonderful explanation by Joe Dispenza, who's done a lot of research on meditation, and he described this cycle when we get ourselves into a, a wrap down the rabbit hole that we have a thought the thought triggers an emotion or a feeling. The feeling triggers a biochemical response. The biochemical response, cortisol, adrenaline, triggers a behavior or an action. And because that thought is playing like a groove in a record, go back up to the same mm. thought, same feeling, same biochemical triggers, same reactions over and over and over and over again until we realize, oh, if I intervene at the point of the thought, then I don't have the same feelings. The biochemicals begin to dissipate. So I can actually make this whole cycle diminish and make it go away just by mm-hmm. intervening at that one place. And you may uh, have heard of Jill Bolte Taylor, who was the neuroscientist who had wrote a book called My Stroke of Insight, where she at the age of 37 had a stroke and she was because she was trained in the brain she watched what happened and her the left side of her brain totally went offline and all she experienced was the the right brain where you feel connected and whole and bliss because you don't have any of these thoughts telling you that that anything is wrong. Wow. So she's, I think it was Jill Bolte Taylor. It might've been Candace Bird. I can never remember that said it takes 90 seconds when you're triggered and the emotions are flooding you. It takes 90 seconds for those triggers and those emotions and those chemicals to go through your body. After that, it's up to you to decide whether you want to keep them running. Yeah. Keep that cycle going back again. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It's so interesting. Yeah. And again, it sounds so easy. You know, it's like if you just pause and catch yourself. I think sometimes we don't want to, though. I think that's part well, of it, too. 
isn't everybody addicted to drama? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's, we get so much out of drama. Like, why do we like movies that are scary or mysteries or, you know, drama? Because they get us all worked up. We love going there. Yeah. We also love the resolution. We kind of forget that we have that capacity to do the same thing. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I, it totally resonates because one of my guilty pleasures is for sure, like Real Housewives, all, yeah. <laughs> you know, all reality TV. Yeah, but I don't want to live there. I just want to turn it off, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk more about your um, energy medicine practice? This is something sure. I don't know a lot about, but sure. I would love to hear more about. Sure. Oh, golly, it's such a, a big area. But what I, I see if I can narrow it down here. Probably the simplest way to talk about it is that we're energetic beings, mm -hmm. right? We're more energy in space than we are matter. And that matter is mostly water, which is interesting. The fact that science, which I think is, is so wonderful that we have the validation from science for what we already know intuitively, Mm. is that because, and this is a connection back to that idea of connecting to something greater. If we're not just matter, if we're not just these body suits yeah. with a name, we are, we are the, some, we are the something greater. We're this consciousness, this awareness, this space, and we're all vibration. Everything is made of vibration which is the research bears this out and we all have what's called an energy anatomy and an energy oh, what, I hope I can remember this word energy metabolism mm. so that is all affected by how we think and mm. how open we are to the world and maybe the best way you can describe the various many different kinds of energy modalities is that it's all about flow. It's all about the energy flowing freely through your body and your mind and your feelings. Mm -hmm. And so many things get in the way to block that. So all of the different modalities that they are, are all ways to unblock the flow. They're very, um, there's so many different ways to do it, but if you're thinking, you know when you're not in flow, when your head is so busy that you can't think straight or that your body is so wound up that there's nothing in you that has a relaxed bit in your right. own body, right? Or your feelings are so uh like being in a blender. Yeah. You know, that you just can't, you can't function, right? And all of it is really, the the energy process is all about releasing the things that are keeping energy from moving through you. This is why I'm very interested in the relationship between creativity and spirituality, because and life in general, it's all about the flow, right? Mm. It's all about getting into this state of awareness where you're open 
and things can come to ideas can come yes. to you and you can share ideas. Yes. It's so good, Nina. As someone who can tap in from time to time, I just, I want it for everybody, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so even blocked. if, even if you're sitting somewhere and you're just in a tizzy, right? If you're just in a tizzy, even if you just sat with your feet on the floor and just imagined all of it, because mostly, you know, when we have a headache or a lot of tension, it's because all the energy is up here mm -hmm. in our heads. But if we just intended or imagined that all that energy was moving down, I can feel this, just moving yeah. down your, through your head, through your throat, your torso, your stomach, your pelvis, down through your knees and your ankles and your toes and out into the earth. Let Mother Nature transmute that into some more productive energy. You yeah. feel that movement. You feel that energy as if it was just kind of draining off of you. Yes. Something simple like that, you know? Yes. So for someone who may be totally unfamiliar and they're thinking, Nina, what? I want to do this, but how? What would you suggest that they could implement quickly, easily, you know, at home? Well, that's one thing right there. It takes a minute, two minutes, three minutes. There are also, you've probably heard this technique too. It comes from uh, neuro-linguistic programming, I believe. It's called mm. havening, where you just, you hug yourself. You mm. just rub your arm, your arms with your hands. You've got your arms crossed. And you're just soothing yourself. That can go a long way mm -hmm. to just calming the calming the body. And there's a third way that people do it automatically and they don't realize what's actually happening. But many times when people are overthinking or overfeeling, they put their fingertips oh. on their forehead. Yes. And what happens then is it brings the blood flow from the back of the head, where's the reptilian flight or flight element, to the prefrontal cortex, where there's logic and reason. So instead of just being overreacting, we bring this sense of, okay, what's the thing to do now? You know, just being, letting the blood come back into the brain yeah. more easily and more flow and letting it just automatically helps clear the mind. Such yeah. a simple thing, right? Yeah. Isn't it beautiful to know that it's not that hard? It doesn't yeah. have to be that hard. Right. See, that and it's accessible. A great book. <laughs> it doesn't have to be that hard. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I know. It's accessible to everybody, you know? That's right. right. Mm. And especially mothers and working mothers who are juggling kids' schedules, classes, after school, all the things. School closings. Oh, you know, everything. And then yeah. when the husband comes home and then the housekeeping and then work it's just it's so much more than we ever would have thought yes. but the great news is we've got the capacity to deal with it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we forget that 
Yeah. And I go into that scarcity mode. I can't, I can't yet. Right. Yes. Yet. And I think it's so important and this comes up almost every episode, but it's carving out the moments for yourself to do that. Even if you're in the middle of something with your children, just going, I need, we need to pause for a minute. We're all going to take a minute, you know? And then if you can model that for your own children, then they can start to embody that and use those techniques to help them. Yeah. So beneficial. And this is where it's so cool that many schools are starting to implement mindfulness. Yes. In some way or another, where kids mm-hmm. begin to learn how to identify their emotions, how to regulate them, how to self-soothe so that they're not wild and crazy because they don't know what to do with their emotions. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they bring that back to the parents. Mm-hmm. So the parents can learn from the kids. Yes. Yeah. I, <laughs> I laugh because... Um, my daughter used to have some pretty hefty fits and we would put on a meditation in the car in the morning on the way to school to kind of, which we learned was some sensory things going on, which her clothing would set her. It all, it all made sense once we got answers, but to calm down, we do some meditation in the car and she took to it like that. She loved it. It was so easy for her, you wow. know? So that just proves how accessible it is. Mm-hmm. And if they can do it, you can do it, you know? That's right. Yeah. I'm just gonna and, make the time. and it, it seems to me that and I'd love to know what you think about this. I think that it goes back to taking that moment to make a stop and notice where you're at. It's really priceless, that moment. It's the turning point. Yes. It's not a distraction. It's not a luxury. It's a necessity. I agree. If we really want to have more ease and less stress, and more connection and less disconnect those moments of just stopping and and saying where am I where are my feet yeah really (laughs) that's another wonderful technique when somebody is in a tizzy is just to notice where am I you know notice your hands where are your hands notice the weight of your body sitting in a chair noticing the smells around you, the sights around you, tastes. So you you come back into your body more fully. And that takes, again, takes the energy off of your brain and brings it back into a more embodied uh, expression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this reminds me of being back in the workplace where things would start to fall apart and people would start to spiral, you know, and then um, my husband was my coworker for a long time and he has just such an innate ability to stay cool as a cucumber, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, it doesn't always, it's not perceived as a strength in the workplace. If we could start to change that narrative where we can all pause, yeah, you know, take the moment, reflect and your solutions are going to be better because you're coming from a different energetic than the panic and the spiral. And you know, what's interesting. um, Just, it's just occurring to me as you're talking about this, when everybody is spiraling, they're like spiraling in their own little windows, you know, nobody's connected. (laughs) Correct. Everybody's out, you know, for themselves, they're freaking out. But if we were able to take that moment communally, okay, let's just 
take a stop here. Yeah. Where are we at? Because yeah. everybody's struggling with the same thing. Yeah. And everybody thinks they have to do it alone. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But there's there's that emphasis on community again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When we're better together. Oh my gosh. So much so. And I think this is something I'm in my I still claim mid mid thirties or creeping in on the late thirties, but I've had this conversation with friends who are a little bit younger. I'm like, just wait, because as you get older, you start to transcend that competitive, you know, thing. And you start to see women differently, which again, I think that's where so much of our power is, but, um, just tapping in to that. And if we can tap into it sooner yeah, as a collective, like how much more powerful we would be, um, yeah. and just there will always be people who are not on the same mm -hmm. energetic as you, but if you can just hold space and let them have their experience and you have yours and you be the calming force in your own life, it will start mm -hmm. to permeate mm -hmm. um, those around you. I think. I, I totally agree. I think that whether it's with from one woman to another or one woman to a man, it doesn't really matter when we start speaking on a soul to soul level mm -hmm. rather than an ego to ego level yes things change yes it, they've they you know you just start loving people and yes. you see that that they're somebody they're a soul who are here for who knows what reason they so everyone is suffering everybody's had heartbreak and everybody's yes. doing the best they can, given what they know. Yes. And there's something so lovable about that. Yeah. You know, we're all doing the best we can. And as as uh, Ram Dass said, we're all walking each other home. I love it. It's so true. We all need the reminder, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know some people feel a little less lovable at times, but yeah, when you think about them as a, and the more you do this practice, the more you kind of see those people differently around you. And I wish I had had this capability when I was still working. Cause I think my experience, um, would have been different. It may have still played out in the same way, but I may have enjoyed my experience mm. within the organization a little better. So, mm. and yet everything is connected. So mm -hmm. you couldn't have done anything else, couldn't have known anything else because it hadn't been in your experience up until that right. moment. Yeah. Yeah. So we can, you know, so, so many of us carry regret about something that we did or we didn't do. And yet we were doing the best we could, whether yeah. it was from a very high level or a very low level we still did the best we could and influences beyond our control shaped so much of our lives until we were able to our consciousness shifted mm -hmm. right so yeah. there's no you know that that uh song by india Ari, it's a beautiful day there are no mistakes just chances we've taken lay down yeah. your regrets because all we have is now yeah I got goosebumps. I love India Ari. That's so good. Nina, I love it so much. This has been so powerful. Um, can you please tell us 
if someone wants to work with you, where they can find you, what your offers are? Sure. Uh, and I know you're going to put some links. I'll have all the links in the show notes. Yep. Right. So I'll just share what I've got in the, in the mix of things. Yeah. Uh, I do have a, a, um, a free gift, which is called, uh, road, uh, your thrive road roadmap. Uh, it's basically an overview of the kinds of things that help you to begin to be more open to possibility and what yeah. it would mean to thrive really. Mm. So that's a, a freebie. I also have a free one-on-one um, -on -one coaching call if somebody would like Ooh. that. 60-minute coaching call, just the two of us. Wow. Or whatever what is a... on someone's mind. Nina, what a gift. Well, sharing the love, right? If someone knows like, okay, yeah, but they're maybe a little fearful. What is What could somebody maybe expect during that 60-minute call with you? Well, it's, it's all about what they want. Okay. It's all about my offering to be a sounding board mm -hmm. a mirror yeah because I, i'm i i love pointing people back to their own truth their own mm -hmm. power yes you know it's never from somebody else it's always in there yes I love that, Nina. That's so generous. Okay, what else? <laughs> and then I have, uh, which I recently started, is um, a membership to a, a monthly um, guided meditation series. Mm -hmm. So every week they get another meditation. It's probably 10, 15 minutes long, and they're on different topics. And I get to be a kind of meditation DJ. I'll take people's yes. re requests on some particular subject that I was something they want more clarity on so oh, that's that. another option uh, and then I have a longer program called um, your turn to thrive which is really a, a it's an eight-week program for people who are for women who are tired of more strategies tired of yeah. more things to do it's really more of a process of unlearning and recognizing all the resources that we have inside of us through play through creativity through experimentation through improv all sorts of ways of learning what our body knows that we don't know that our body yes knows. yes that sounds and then I'm so on, on the usual social media platforms LinkedIn yeah. and Facebook and Instagram and awesome we will absolutely put all of those details in the show notes thank and you and I have a a podcast that I'm reviving that uh the original one is called creativity conversations okay where i interviewed people from all walks of life coaches writers musicians artists theater people on how does creativity show up in your life what's it look like because yeah. it's always different you yeah. know the ex the context is different but the principles are the same that's so interesting so you said you're bringing it back it'll be back soon yeah, I, within okay. the next probably three weeks, I've got okay. to revive it. Yeah, and creativity is for everyone. It's not limited to quote unquote artists. Creativity is who we are. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> creativity uh -oh. is us. <laughs> yes, I love it. Nina, this has been so beautiful. Thank you so much for your wisdom and for sharing with our audience. I appreciate oh, you and your time and your you. message. Thank this you so great. much. It's really just been a, 
a delight to be able to spend this time with you. Yeah, I appreciate it. And I hope our listeners can um, really internalize some of what you've shared because it is so simple yet so profound. Simple is the key, right? Absolutely. Especially in this day and age, we need simple. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you again, Nina. This was wonderful. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again, Nina, for sharing your wisdom with us. Here are this week's key takeaways. One, we're already built to thrive. The capacity just gets covered over by life and our life experiences. It all comes down to looking within ourselves. We have what it takes. Two, when you're faced with the opportunity to go in a new direction, come back to the question, what's really important and what really lights me up? The questions are a necessity. There are compass that steer us to where we have the most natural inclination to be able to express ourselves in a way that feels authentic. Three, most people don't realize that they don't have to be victims of their thinking. I can't control what's coming into my head, but I can control where I put my focus. What else is possible? What else feels authentic and right and focuses on possibility, not impossibility? Four, It's less about doing, 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 and more about being. Our feminine power is so deep. Tapping into a community of women can help us remember who we really are. Our power lies in our divine feminine, not in trying to replicate the masculine energy. Five, what if we're already whole and it's just what we've been taught that we're broken because we've had a certain experience? Your ego can be bruised, but your spirit can never be broken. You still have access to all the potential inside of you. Six, when we're feeling off, stop, notice, breathe. We don't need a five-step strategy to improve our situation. Pause, put your hand on your heart, and breathe. Taking that moment isn't a luxury, it's a necessity. And seven, we all have regret, but we all did the best we could in our experiences. As India Ari says, there are no mistakes, just chances taken. All of Nina's details and generous offers are linked in the show notes. Please go give her a follow and show her some love. If you are pregnant, planning to become pregnant, or love someone who is either of those things, I've got a few ways that you can work with me to gain extra support in maternity leave. First, I have a free one-hour maternity leave planning workshop coming up on October 3rd at 1 p.m. Eastern. The link to sign up is in the show notes. And if you can't attend live, no worries, a recording will be available so long as you do register for the event. Also, have you grabbed the free maternity leave planning guide? It's 18 pages of tips and tools to create an aligned plan that honors your needs from workload transition to building and support with a new baby and honoring your need for self-care. You can grab it at the link in the show notes. I am excited to be rolling out my one-to-one individualized maternity leave planning program. If you're looking for individualized attention to work through all the details specific to your situation, this one-to-one guidance will be available soon. For more information, you can follow the link in the show notes and be added to the wait list to be first to know when the program goes live. Until we meet again, come hang out with me on socials at having a mom moment on Instagram and also on Facebook. And as this podcast is just for us moms and mamas to be, drop me a DM on either platform or email me at having a mom moment at gmail.com if there's something you'd like to hear about on a future episode. 
In case no one has told you today, you are amazing, you are loved, and I'm so proud of the beautiful woman that you are. Have a great day. Thank you.